Our show today is sponsored by Beast Brands, makers of premium hair and body wash, lotions, and skincare products like Wash for Everyone, which won a Men's Health Grooming Award. Beast Wash for Everyone is a lightly scented head-to-toe cleanser formulated for human beasts of all kinds that can replace your shampoo, face cleanser, and body wash. It's perfect for sensitive skin and features aloe, shea butter, ginseng, and orange. Here's what I love about Beast products. They smell amazing, green and herbal, sometimes with a eucalyptus tingle or a light citrusy spritz, depending on the product, but they're never overwhelming or perfumey or chemical smelling. That's because they smell like the natural botanicals they're made from. It's that simple. Their formulas are vegan, cruelty-free, and produced in the USA, and they're always looking for ways to be more eco-friendly. Their new Beast Bottle is an infinitely reusable aluminum pump bottle that holds a six-month supply of one of their all-in-one body washes. So you can cut down on plastic waste and save money compared to loading up your shower with a bunch of different products. Plus, your shower looks clean and minimalist because you just have this one sleek, gorgeous bottle. You can find them on Instagram at TameTheBeast as well as simply at Beast. Go to Beast.com and use code BROBIBLE to get 25% off your next order. That's G-E-T-B-E-A-S-T dot com. And the code is BROBIBLE for 25% off. I fought a good fight. I finished my football race. And after 18 years, it's time. Basketball players, we're really supposed to shut up and dribble, but I'm glad, I'm glad we do a little bit more than that. Eventually, every ball would go flat. But that doesn't mean that your life will flatline. What will you do when the game is over? Hello, hello, hello. Episode 68 of Bro Bible's Endless Hustle. I'm your host, Arthur Cade. We've got a loaded episode for you today. Another triple header, three incredible guests, three incredible chats. Super excited about this one. Our first guest is one of the biggest and fastest rising stars in country music. CMT nominee, ACM winner, one of the leading ladies of the new generation of country music stars, Carly Pierce. She had an EP out in February called 29, brand new single, Truth Be Told. She's going on tour with Lady A, so Carly Pierce is everywhere. Our next guest is former WWE superstar, though when we chatted with her, she was still a WWE superstar, but unfortunately, she was just recently released. Maybe it's fortunately. CJ Perry used to be Lana when she was a WWE superstar. We had incredible chat. She's now moved into movies, and I've known her and her husband, Miro, for a long time. We actually did a segment with them for the NHL three years ago. But it's incredible to see the progress of her career because as a WWE superstar, she was able to participate in Total Divas, the e-hit show with the Bella Twins. But now she's really progressing and making her way into movies. And we talked all about that. She's in a new movie with Bruce Willis and Frank Grillo. Grillo, you'll remember, was just on the show recently. So we talked all about that. And I think you'll get a really cool perspective about how the WWE helps build a platform where you can do so many other things. And CJ is a great example of what that can be. And our third guest of the episode is a man making a great name for himself in the acting business. Gabe Chavaria stars in Selena the Series, which has quickly become one of Netflix's biggest and best shows, of course, profiling the iconic life of Selena, one of the biggest stars, music stars in the Latino community and of the music business in general and a woman who's become a legend in many people's minds, an icon. Gabe plays her older brother on the series, and the series has made enormous waves, becoming one of Netflix's biggest series of all time. So we had a great chat with Gabe all about what it was like experiencing that success, being part of the Selena story, and much more. I think you guys are going to really love this chat. So great episode ahead. Let's kick it off with country music superstar Carly Pierce. All right, fun time on the show coming up because I've got one of the hottest names in country for now multiple years, Carly Pierce, and now ACM award winner. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Not sure if you remember me. We actually did an in-studio interview. I don't know how many years ago, but you were just kind of like blowing up. And I'm a senior correspondent for a show called Celebrity Page, and we had you in studio and you've really blown up since then. Was it in New York? Yes. 
I remember. I absolutely remember. Oh she's my like, goodness. Well, wow. she's like, that's the worst interview I ever did. No, no, I, I have such a visual of it. Oh my goodness. How the times have changed. Well, the times have really changed because you did end up blowing up when, when we were pitched, they were like, you need to get her now. She's blowing up. And then here you are. And it's incredible. First of all, congrats on the brand new EP. Congrats on the awards. This has got to be just incredible. Walk me through this journey. Oh my goodness. I mean, the last four years have been just mind blowing for me and, and more than I could have ever put into words that I wanted to happen for my life. I've always wanted to do this for a living since I was a little girl in Kentucky, but I have to say that the last year and a half has been just the most mind blowing to, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, a lot of loss and a lot of good. And I, wrote this song, I Hope You're Happy Now, as an apology to somebody in my past and um, worked on it with my late producer, Busby, that a lot of people know who has been responsible for so many people, but really was responsible for my music. And he actually, as soon as we finished, I Hope You're Happy Now, um, found out he had glioblastomia, brain cancer, and passed away at the age of 43 within weeks. And so I go on to to have this song go to radio and and it just became the biggest song that I've had. It, it won me a CMA, it won me two ACMs. It's just completely changed my world. I'm about to go on the road with Lady A as direct support for the first time. And it's just a true testament of being authentic to who you are and, and hanging in there and, and writing music that is true to you. And, and I'm just really grateful. Yeah, there is no genre in music that's more authentic than country music because it's as it's not as produced. It's not, hey, let's think of the fun hook. It really is like, let me tell my story and what I'm going through. And obviously, and I know you've talked about this ad nauseum at this point, but going through the divorce and, you know, everything you've gone through to lay it bare. I think to myself, like, I get to talk to people like you for a living and get the information out of you, but I don't have to share that aspect of myself with you. That's got to be so hard putting that out into the world. Or is it, is it therapeutic? I think, you know, going through what I went through personally, you know, lose Busby and then I go through a very public divorce and I had to make a decision of what was I gonna do next musically? And I've, I think there are all different types of artists but I think the reason I'm where I'm at today is because I am the type of artist that completely writes my stories and I tell you my stories and I bleed my heart out on paper for you and I didn't know how to not do that and in return what it did was it was therapy for me to just do what I've always done which is tell my truth and tell tell my stories and in return the response that I have gotten when I started writing the 29 project uh, which is my my latest release I had so much shame and so much embarrassment and so much just feelings of being lost and not understanding why this happened to me and um, just feeling stupid, honestly. And what I have seen through being authentic and just being myself is that so many other people have been through such similar situations and we all go through things that are hard and we all go through, through things that are unexpected and we all go through things that we never thought we were going to go through. And I now feel like my purpose as a writer, as a singer, as a woman is so much richer than I ever thought it was going to be. And fans have helped me to not feel shame around my story. What's that tattoo I just saw? Oh, I have a lot. It's every little thing. My first single that went number one. Wait, so every time there's a number one single, new tattoo? I don't have one for I Hope You're Happy Now, um, but I have I have seven tattoos, I guess. So that's something that probably people would not expect about me just because I'm pretty, pretty clean-laced girl from Kentucky. But I never would have guessed it because just judging from the first time we met in person, I'm like, there's, I saw that. I'm like, wait, no way. Would have never guessed. I have a lot. A lot of tattoos so never would have the, the stuff you don't know about people gotta keep it a little you know I got a little edge I'm always like I'm classy with an edge <laughs> I love it so this whole first of all I got to talk to you about this Kelsey Ballerini story because 
getting to talk to people like you, and I've been so privileged over the last decade to talk to the most famous of famous of famous people. And I always say famous tough man, like it is hard being famous. It is, it's an art form, like being Tom Cruise, being Brad Pitt, it is hard. And for you guys, you were in this therapy group for country music stars that assisted you in dealing with fame and dealing with success, which is by the way, a fantastic idea. You meet Kelsey and you don't like her at first and there's a jealousy there. So I wanna to talk to you about A, what has it been like dealing with fame? And then B, as you're in this group, some of the learnings you went through. So that group was actually for up and coming artists, female artists that hadn't quite broken yet, but were trying to find their way in the industry and kind of bringing everyone together. And so Kelsey had a record deal. Kelsey had a single coming out. I had just lost my record deal. I was cleaning Airbnbs. I was jealous of her because I wanted what she had and I didn't understand why it wasn't happening for me yet. You know, I, I think she was maybe 19 or 20 and I was like 24-ish, 25. Um, and I think that what's been so cool about that scenario is being honest. That's kind of been a theme of my life. I was honest in that meeting and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And I think that in any industry, you can get so competitive and not be truthful and authentic and support each other. And, and I think in that moment, we bonded because I wasn't trying to just say I had it all together. I was saying, I'm, I don't have it all together. And we became friends and she became um, just somebody who championed me more than she had to before I ever had a record deal. And I think that fame is interesting. Um, I, I think that luckily country artists have it a little easier than people maybe in other industries, but you don't really know what this is like unless you do it. And to have people like Kelsey or some of my other friends that are in the industry, um, we all have a common thread that we do this for a living so we can kind of lean on each other and be there for each other. And it's kind of like this understanding. And I felt that with her years ago before either one of us had any music out. So it's kind of been a cool thing to watch some of your friends. I have the same bond with a few other artists in town and it's cool to kind of all really champion each other. So now you're at a point where we can quote unquote say you've made it. Now that you guys have kind of gone through the ringer and you've made it, you've got number one singles, you've got the awards. How can you guys, what's the relationship like and how are you able to reflect back and see those very young women who hadn't made it yet versus the still very young women, but they've made it now? I mean, I think if you would have told those two girls sitting in that, that meeting that day that they were going to help shape the next generation of country music for females. Uh, I don't, I can only speak for myself, but I certainly, of course we wanted that to happen, but I don't know that we thought it was actually gonna happen. It's cool. It's cool to watch. It's cool to watch her do her thing. I'm sure she would say the same thing about me. Now we have this opportunity to champion the next generation of female artists. She's done a really good job of that. I have as well and trying to pay it forward. And to me, that's the most fun part of it is you never forget where you come from. You never forget the struggles that you had. You never forget that you were once trying to figure it out as well. And now you have a platform to be able to help others. I'm going to Nashville next weekend for Memorial Day weekend. I can't wait. Visiting friends. We got a group of guys going there. And meanwhile, Nashville has been all over in the news because it's a party right now because it reopened. Where should I go in Nashville? Give me the Nashville tour guide. I think you need to go to a show at the listening room. It's a songwriter venue. I'm actually playing there tomorrow night. It's one of my favorite little hidden gems of Nashville. You have to go down on Broadway. I have seen the scene of Broadway. It is in insane right now, but you know what? I'm happy that people are in our city and having fun. Um, you need to go to Robert's Western World on Broadway. That's my favorite bar. Um, I think that you need to go. I mean, you need to see winners and losers. It's in Midtown. It's definitely like where the locals hang out, uh, the country bars. I, I'm sure you've heard of, maybe you haven't, but there's a thing called Whiskey Jam that originally- Yeah, I've been there before. It's not my first time. I just want the native Okay. Um, Germantown is a super cool area that I feel like is really booming now. I would recommend some restaurants over there. If you're gonna like go and eat, I would go over there. Um, yeah, 12 South's a cool area. 
feel like those are the the spots that I go to. Yeah, I'm going to be ripping up Broadway. Trust me. I'm going to be there jumping go. bar to bar with the guys crushing it. Especially if we saw those articles. I'm like, I'm ready to, I'm in New York. I'm ready to jump on a plane. Although New York is fabulous right now, but. Absolutely. But. I'm with you. I'm ready to be around people. So what happens now for you? Like you come off an ACM win, you're going on tour with Lady A. You're now at another point, another stage of your career. Where do you kind of see that next stage? Like what's the next dream list of goals you have to hit? I mean, from a touring standpoint, being able to enter into the direct support slot, I'm now not the opening act. I get a longer set. I have lights. I have like a full experience of what Carly Pierce is. I'm excited to start to do that. Um, to continue that on to having my own tours, um, kind of planning to do something in the fall. I want to really be a hard ticket sell selling act. Um, I want to be a Grand Ole Opry member. That's really high up on my list and important to me. I love the Grand Ole Opry. Um, I think continuing to make music that's impactful. Um, I, I've This is all I've ever wanted to do. I know I already said that, but just continuing to be somebody that you think of when you think of people that impact country music. So when you're at the opening stages of your career, now obviously you've taken that next step, especially from a touring perspective, but when you're the opening act and you're kind of out there and there aren't that many fans, it's still, an, I, listen, it's still an accomplishment just to get there. But is there ever a moment for you, Carly, where you're like, man, is this where I'm going to end up? Is this what it's going to be? Or is there a self-belief that, no, I'm a, I'm a shooting star. I'm going to make it. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've had so many moments of like, is this actually going to happen? And I mean, there's been shows where very few people have shown up during the beginning stages of when I was coming out with every little thing and you get off stage and you're like, Oh my God, does anybody care? But I think that that only runs so deep because the inner belief, even when I was cleaning Airbnbs or I was a backup singer or I was working retail or being a nanny, um, when I laid down at night and I envisioned what my life was, it was what I'm doing now. So it's like, yes, there are moments of that, but in the truest form of my heart, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I've got to ask you about the cleaning Airbnb sagas. First of all, is it as bad and as awful as I imagine it would be? And then second half of that question is, tell me about the worst Airbnb cleaning moment you've had. Yes, it is as bad. Um, I always joke and say people are nasty. It's it's just crazy how they leave places. Like it has made me have such an appreciation. Um, I worked retail and so I always bring my items out of the dressing room because I know what that feels like to have to clean a dressing room that is like a disaster. So when I go and stay in hotels or Airbnbs, I make sure to at least like leave it in a nice fashion. Um, the worst thing I think is uh, when you're cleaning up from like bachelor or bachelorette parties. I did a lot of that and it was just like other people's hair stains that you don't know what they are. Um, just like spots that you just are unsure, but you have to like deal with them. Um, and you just like your mind goes of like what you know it probably is. It's great. Did you have like the little infrared light? Did you have the gloves? Did you have like a whole kit with you? I definitely, I didn't, I didn't have a light because I just didn't even want to know, but I definitely had gloves and I should have had a mask and I should have honestly been in a hazmat suit. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy is you probably, someone would probably lose their mind knowing at this point that Carly Pierce might've cleaned up after their wretched room, after they left it. Meanwhile, it's like an ACM and CMA winning country star clean the room. How crazy is that? It is pretty funny. I, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but it is funny to think about now. And um, it seems to be something that sticks with me. Who knows? Maybe I'll clean Airbnbs for charity or something. <laughs> yeah, you'll be at a charity event. Five hundred dollars. Clean, clean your Airbnb. What's been the coolest comeback moment for you? So, like, I always love these moments where, like, you come back to your elementary school and you're like, I made it, and now I'm Carly Pierce or whatever. What was that moment for you where? you got to return to a moment in your life and you're like, hey, I made you guys proud. I can tell you exactly. Um, I was on tour. So I'm from 
Kentucky, but outside of Cincinnati. And so the, the place where I always went to concerts, my first concert, all the country concerts, the place that for me was like, if I ever get to play here, I know I've made it. Um, it's called Riverbend Music Center and it's in, um, it's near Cincinnati. And I got to play there as part of the Rascal Flats and Dan and Shay tour that I was a part of. And, you know, as the opening act at that point, I mean, yes, it was like, there were people in the stands in the amphitheater when I went on stage, but like when I walked out on stage for my first song, the entire place was full, like completely full. And they screamed so loud that I couldn't even finish every little thing. Um, and it felt so much like this full circle moment that my hometown has been really, really supportive of me. And um, I, I just cried. That's gotta be incredible. I can't, I mean, do you think what what moment when you look at something like that and you kind of live it, is there a moment that you think could even top that or is that kind of the Oscars for you? Getting to go home is special. I think if I ever get to headline Riverbend, that will possibly top it if it's like completely my show. Um, but no, I mean, there's just something about going home and every time I drive in there, it's just that's where all of these dreams originated and, and to see them all come to fruition. There's just something about home. You touched earlier about this new generation of female country stars. I feel like a torch is being passed. It's you, it's Marin, now Mickey Guyton. And when you see this, this new murderer's row of incredibly talented women who are ushering in a whole new era, how do you see your era versus the Miranda Lambert era and that era and how are you guys differing and moving the, the, the music forward? I think it's just a different time. You know, I don't think that they were, I think the way that Miranda and Carrie and that generation came onto the scene was so different than the way that we are. Some of, you know, a lot of the artists are now being discovered organically through social media, organically through different DSPs or whatever. Um, and I think there's a little bit more liberty to, to kind of help champion these girls early on. Um, I think that, you know, there's, there's a girl that a couple of us have championed really hard. Her name's Tiara. She's amazing. Um, and she's doing so well and it's cool to watch her star start to rise kind of because, um, obviously her talent, but also watching her on, social media and then having different artists post about her, like myself, like Kelsey, we've helped to spin that. You look at somebody, another girl that I love, her name's Priscilla Block. Um, she has a single out that just cracked the top 30. She was found on TikTok. She had a song go viral and she's an amazing artist. And I think she's gonna do amazing things in the industry as well. Um, she stands for something that I love and I just think she's amazing and um, it's cool to watch those kind of things happen because I don't know that that would have happened 10 years ago. It was just a very, even when I came out of the scene, it was very different than what it is now. And I think it's kind of cool to see all the ways that new artists are connecting with fans and even connecting with us. And um, I just think it's, it's a fun time. I was Instagram stalking you earlier as I was prepping for this interview. Boy, that just sounded creepy, but you know what I mean? <laughs> But it's funny because you're posting these pictures winning the ACMs and you see so many blue checkmark accounts. Just congrats, congrats. And you realize how many famous friends you've made at this point. Is there one person that you've met that like would congratulate you that you're just like, I can't believe I'm somewhat even friendly with this person? There are a few. Um, I would say Liam Womack sent me flowers when 29 came out um, to my house. And I was like, what, are you kidding me? Trisha Yearwood has become a friend of mine and champions me and always is like, congrats to me, which is wild. Um, Reba also is somebody who's just been really good to me. Uh, I would say those are the, that's the echelon, like the era that when it's come up on page, I'm like, I still kind of freak out over that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. The One of the reasons we started this show was to talk to successful people like you 
about how they are able to achieve the levels of success that they do. So Carly Pierce, how do you continue to elevate throughout your life? I think you have to strive. Your bar has to continue to rise. Um, I don't ever want, and this goes for anything in my life. I never want to get complacent. I never want to feel like I've made it. Even when you said, you know, you've obviously made it in a lot of ways, I don't feel like I have. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to continue to strive, not for perfection because we're never going to get that, but to be better. And how can I be better? And I want to always do that because I think people like Dolly and Reba and, Trisha and these icons, that's what they've done. And that's why they are who they are. Dude, you're awesome. It's great to catch up with you. Congrats. They told me you'd blow up. You blew up. Just remember the little people when you really are at like the, you know, the, the Trisha and Garth level. Yes, I will take, hopefully, you know, the next time we talk, it'll be even bigger. So congrats on everything. I know you're working your butt off and it's, you know, it's really cool to see your success. And I also love the messaging behind everything you're saying. I mean, we're, we're in, a, in a world now where championing other people is such an important message. And to, to see the way your generation is doing that and how the generation before is doing it for you guys, you know, there's still good in this world. And that's a cool thing. There are, there are good people in this world. And we need to, to remember that. So thank you for saying that. Congrats on everything. Brand new EP, Carly Pearson. Make sure to catch her on tour with Lady A. That's a heck of a show. Congrats, Carly. Thank you. All right, folks. That was an incredible chat with country music superstar Carly Pierce. As mentioned, she has a new EP out, 29. Carly is on fire. And make sure to catch her out on tour with Lady A. Incredible, incredible, incredible rising star. And I think Carly's going to end up having a career the likes of Miranda Lambert and some of the greats when all is said and done. Our next guest is CJ Perry. As mentioned at the top of the episode, a former WWE superstar, now movie star, and a lady who I've known for a long time. CJ's done an incredible job branding herself, building an enormous social media following. She's, of course, married to Miro, who's now the AEW champion, also a former WWE superstar. And we chatted all about it. I love CJ and can't wait to see what she does next after life in the WWE. But something tells me she's going to end up being a very big star in film and television. She's got the looks, the talent, and the charm. So here you guys go, CJ Perry. Big day on Endless Hustle. I got my buddy. CJ Lana Perry. Actually, I feel like I should be introducing you as movie star now. Doing movies with Frank Grillo and Bruce Willis is pretty freaking cool. Super excited. Oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> I just had Frank on the show. By the way, maybe the coolest MFer on the planet. I freaking love that guy. What was it like working with those two? Um, well, he is, um, has a lot of passion and a lot of heart and a lot of opinions. So, you know, you either love him or you don't. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, he definitely keeps it exciting and kept everyone on their toes to say the very least. Obviously going from the WWE world to making movies, what's kind of the difference? How does it all change? What's it like? Oh God. Um, I feel that WWE prepared me for shooting actually specifically that movie with Bruce Willis and Frank Grillo. We had to shoot it really quickly um, because when we started shooting the movie, the whole thing about the world, our lovely uh, global pandemic had started in China. And it was like, you would watch it on the news and people were conversating and like started buzz when we started like the, by the second week or the end of the first week, buzz started happening that it was going to come to America and things were going to get shut down. So they went and fast drive to try to wrap the entire film and basically two and a half weeks. And so, because they, we didn't know what, like they just started hearing and thank God we did that because our very last day, the day that we wrapped was when everything got shut down. 
Like that was when I, I think New York had just gotten shutting down a couple days earlier, like just like on a Wednesday. And then by Friday, like Hollywood, everyone on my flight home was like from Atlanta movie sets getting shut down or from like North Carolina or for people in New York City flying through Atlanta. So it was insane. Our like we did everything in one take maybe two takes if they're they they weren't even safety takes half the time because it was like we've got to finish this or who knows we're going we're going to go and be able to reshoot this movie i mean we're people are thinking we're practically in the apocalypse so um it was insane to tell you they i would show up this like we laugh about i've talked to some of the producers since then and we just like laugh about how crazy it was because we already know it's going to be like, especially when Bruce is there, we got it that we're getting like when Bruce Willis is there, we got to, we got to move, we got to move, you know, you better get your, you better be on point. And then, um, next thing, you know, they're having to like rewrite things on the fly because they know we're not going to be able to shoot it. We're not gonna have enough time. So with all that said, I'm very thankful for WWE and Vince McMahon. That gives me my promos five minutes before I go on live television. <laughs> You're like, I was ready for this. I can improv. I was so ready. <laughs> By the way, million dollar question. What's it like being married to a champion? Oh my God. I have to say, um, I am very thankful that, you know, they say a lot of times like happy, happy wife, happy life, but also happy husband, happy life. So <laughs> he, he's very Bulgarian in the sense of that. If he's not winning, he's very grumpy and he likes to throw um, toys around. So I, if it, it doesn't matter if it's his wrestling matches to video games, to FIFA, to even like cards, you know, he always wants to win. So I'm glad he won. I'm glad he's champion. And yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of him. The guy he beat, we had on the show recently, Darby Allen, who is a trip. That dude is an absolute trip. He's like jackass reincarnated, like from the movies. And I, all of a sudden I'm, I'm you know, scouring Twitter and I see the Jack picture of Miro and I'm like, what's going on? He's holding the belt. And I'm like, Good for him. I loved it. Yeah, I, I'm very proud of him. I know that um, he works really, really, really hard and he works really hard on being in shape, on his wrestling, on his promos. So I'm very proud of him. And he looks jacked right now, by the way. He's like in insane shape. What's that workout oh, yeah. regimen looking like? Oh, his, his regimen is insane. Like he works out at least twice a day. Like he'll do cardio, crazy amount of cardio. He does crazy amount of Olympic lifting. He boxes, he goes to wrestling. He goes and trains with, um, he comes to wrestling training often with me too at the dungeon in Tampa at Natalia Hart and, um, TJ's ring and school. They have a school now. And, you know, Natty comes from wrestling royalty, the heart foundation the heart family so to be able to train there is incredible and he comes with me and um he's like one of the i would say maybe one of the few wrestling stars in general right now that is i see training regularly so i'm really proud of him how about for you what is the nutrition and fitness regimen because you're in insane shape all the time what does that look like god i I've been drinking a lot of boba tea lately. And so I'm like, might need to cut it back because I feel like I might've put a couple of pounds on and I'm like, how is that possible? And I've been just upping my Thai tea boba and mango um, jellies in there a lot. And I'm like, I'm literally drinking my calories. Um, <laughs> I, I just try to eat healthy though, for the most part. But um, yeah, I eat about three to four eggs in the morning, avocado toast. Um, meat, try to eat a lot of chicken or beef, um, vegetables is just trying to eat clean mostly. But also if I really want to eat something, I'll have it. And hence drinking a lot of type boba tea. So I was browsing your Instagram today and I was like, man, have you ever thought about reaching out to sports illustrated to try to get into the swimsuit edition? Is that something you would love to be part of? Oh my gosh. Like it's been my childhood dream. Um, I think that we have a lot of dreams growing up and dreams as we get older and we, at, we either achieve them or, uh, evolve them but I feel like one vivid dream I've had since I've been eight years old has been to be on Sports Illustrated Swim because my dad and brothers and 
uncles and grandfathers all read Sports Illustrated. And I just, you know, would be consumed with sports, obviously, because I had two brothers and a dad. And all they do is talk about sports and read Sports Magazine, Sports Illustrated. So I always like dreamed of being on Sports Illustrated, but I was like, at the time I wasn't an athlete and, but every um, summer would come the swim edition or actually at the time it was in February for a long time. That's how long I've been following is like, it was like February 14th coming out. And um, so I just have been such a fan of it. So I always was, it was a dream to be, I always wanted to be a Sports Illustrated swim model and um, it hasn't happened yet. So sometimes I wonder, is my dream not going to come true? But Who's to say? I would love it. I mean, I feel like you all you need to do is screenshot your Instagram following and be like, um, check this out, guys. Do you want promotion? Check this out. Yeah, I, I I feel like there's so many great girls on there with big followings, but I feel that often it's either um, like the young models, you know, that are on there or it's, you know, like a plus size girl or like a shtick. And I, I feel often I don't fall into like the specific shtick of it. Um, and it's just like constantly my whole life, I feel like of trying to fit in, you know, I'm not exactly the model type, but then a lot of times if they want the athlete, they want, I don't know, the gold Allie medal. Raisman. They want like exactly. an Olympic gymnast. Versus like, oh, why can't we? And, and as a professional wrestler, we're constantly fighting stigmas. We're always, always constantly fighting like, okay, do we fit in the acting entertainment aspect? And then they're kind of like, well, they don't, not always. And then, oh, then the athletes also kind of like, no, you're entertainers. But like in WWE, we do everything from wrestling to, you know, entertaining and being actors. And so that's why I feel like Sports Illustrated should have a professional wrestler i'm cutting this clip and literally making the push for you <sighs> i'm you know they they want a diverse representation here you go <laughs> first time ever by the way you're not the villain anymore do you I miss know, surprise it? surprise do you miss being i mean I'm, I'm still russian apparently and i am not the villain anymore <laughs> um you know it oh god it's I like being a good guy in the sense that I don't get as harassed online. I don't get, because our fan base thinks that we're all our characters. Like once again, where I said, there's nothing like WWE in all the world, you know, it's most scripted television shows. People will watch the scripted television show and realize, oh, that's an actor, you know? So like, if we follow them on their social media, you know, that's CJ Perry, that's not Lana. So like, you know, most people that follow Grey's Anatomy people or Game of Thrones, they know the difference between the actor and the character. Well, in our fan base in WWE, they often feel like our character that we play on television is the same person. But it's like, that's not always the case. It's sometimes the case. But um, in my scenario, I mean, I am a full on actor. I've had I've been married like three times and divorced three times on television. So I hope that's not real. <laughs> uh, it is hilarious. By the way, you're in a gaming chair right now. You're, we were just joking before we went live. You have this like pimp Kardashian room you're in right now. But like the gaming chair, people may not know. Miro's like a freaking professional gamer now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. A professional Twitcher. I know. I stole this actually from his um, Twitch station um, because gaming chairs are way more comfortable than glam chairs. So <laughs> I was brought it in. But, you know, once again, like I feel like that's me, you know, a perfect representation of, you know, a little masculine or a little bit more like not as girly with the very girly. <laughs> I love that it's called a Twitch station. <laughs> is he like super serious with it all too? Like, is he, when he's like locked in, can you even go near him? No. And he, like, when I mean he gets mad, like I literally pray he wins because if he loses FIFA, he's in a really bad bid. <laughs> or whatever games he plays. It's like, oh my God, it's just a video game. But to him, it's like, you think he's fighting for the championship. So, by the way, we're coming up on three years that you and Miro transformed a couple of the Nashville Predators into WWE superstars, which might have been the greatest content ever created in the universe. What's it like when you guys go to a game because you're so recognizable? Is it is it pretty interesting? Oh, yeah. 
Well, I feel that I can a lot of times hide incognito if I really want to, if I'm by myself, but with him, I can't because he's just like a big man. <laughs> so everyone's already turning and looking at him because he's just like a big man. And he's very like, his energy is also like big and intense as well. So um, people are always wondering who the person is and then they always figure it out and they want to take pictures and it used to be pre-pandemic I when I was out a lot of times I wanted my space because I was like you know we're always on the go like over 300 days of the year interacting with people fans constantly go go and I think when it used to be at a game or just in a, a, um, a setting at um, outside that if I was with my family I would want to just have that time to my friends and my family not you know, doing a little meet and greet. Well, um, after the pandemic, now I'm just like running to talk to people <laughs> during WrestleMania week in Tampa. Like I, I stayed at a, another hotel, not the team, like not the hotel that everyone was staying at. And there's a lot of fans there. And I was like, oh my God, I, I was so excited to see people because, you know, I haven't seen a lot of people in a year. It's been my colleagues and myself and my Zoom. Well, it's funny because you mentioned just people thinking you're Lana in real life. So when people see you and they think you're Lana, like what have been some of the craziest reactions you've gotten from fans? When I used to talk with an accent on television and wear my hair in a bun and red lipsticks and the suits, people would never recognize me because it was like already when I pull my hair and I slick that bun, it's a little bit different and the red lipstick and the accent completely would throw people off. And so I was shooting this one thing in Hollywood, um, like by the Chinese theater, I was shooting with my friend, my Russian friend, this like Russian skit. And I was talking to Russian, my Russian accent. And within like five minutes, 10 different people came up to me and like, oh, are you Lana? You're Lana. And it was just because of the accent. And I was like, wow, it shows you how I'm able to just hide um with like not being in costume and all that so um that was like really crazy to me that was a really crazy because it was like literally in five minutes 10 different people came up and they were like freaking out I was like oh my god all because of just my act like what a difference it is so that was that was really surprising I didn't expect that I was like whoa we just had Miz on the show and he is like petitioning to be Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2. That is like his dream right now. So I want to ask you if there was one dream role or one dream character that you could play in a movie, who would it be? Oh, that's such a hard question. You are really diving deep with the questions. Um, I feel like, oh God, I don't know. I would actually love to see you in Borat 3 when they eventually make one as like the girlfriend and you break out your Russian accent. I would love that. And, end up, and I end up being a Russian spy, you know. Um, I definitely think like one of my dream roles in general would be like a Russian spy. And I could like do the accent and then go out of the accent. I don't know, be a ballerina, be a, like just, you know, play up all the cliches that we have, you know, God. It's just like, might as I used to for so long, I would fight the cliche. And now I'm like, why fight it? Might as well just embrace it. Let me be this assassin spy villain. Dude, I'm, Ru I'm Russian. I love like I used to run away from it. I love it now because yeah. it's yeah. like the stigma around it. You just want yeah. to embrace it. It's so funny because that's what like Miro has been starting to do because um, he used to always like you know, fight, like he hated that he was always the villain. And I'm like, why fight it? Like no one else can be the greatest villain of all time. Like you can be, I'm like, eventually you'll have your own movies and shows like Thanos did. I'm going to get you out of here on my last question. So the reason we started this show was to talk to successful people about how they elevate their game, both in and out of their career. CJ, how do you elevate both in character and out of character? How do I elevate? Um, yep. I put a lot of crystals on my outfits. <laughs> That's the first step. <laughs> but yeah, I think in seri all seriousness, definitely your mind. Your mind is what is for me, 
what helps me um, stay focused and helps me push through everything to where I want to get and elevate. Um, I think waking up in the morning and um, looking at your goals and your dreams of what you want to achieve, of saying your affirmations um, and just being so laser focused of where you want to go. And I think the world's going to throw us a lot of no's and a lot of reasons why we can't elevate ourselves and be who we want to be. But if we stay focused and we go after it, no matter what, the sky's the limit. That was awesome. Congratulations on Cosmic Sin. Thank you. So good seeing you too. All right, folks, that was CJ Perry. Always a hilarious time chatting with her. She's got one of the quickest and most authentic wits of anyone you'll ever talk to. And again, can't wait to see what she does post-life of the WWE. I know she's going to be a success. And when you bring like multi-million Instagram followers, you can make money doing anything you want. So can't wait to see what happens next for you, CJ. As always, thanks for a great time. Our final guests on this episode, as mentioned, great young actor, one of Netflix's biggest shows, Gabe Chavaria plays Selena's older brother, AB, on Selena the series. This show has taken Netflix by storm and has really done a great job in depicting the icon's life, the, the ups and downs, how she broke through, and how she became a legend. So for Gabe, being part of this project, and he talks all about it, was truly a monumental experience. So without further ado, guys, here's Gabe Chavaria. Season two of Selena on Netflix. Congrats. This show has been a monster hit for Netflix. Talk to me all about it. How cool has it all been? Uh, first of all, thank you. Um, shoot. It's been, it's been wild. It's been, uh, it's been amazing. It's been, uh, 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 an interesting, um, past couple months, you know, uh, especially with the show dropping and, you know, not too far from the first part. So, uh, and the fans, the fans are going crazy. They love it. I can't think of a music star. There have been a few, but she's on that list that the legacy has resonated post-death the way Selena's has. Why do you think Selena is connected with now multiple generations at such a high level? You know, I think that, that we got a, an opportunity to tell her story and their story in, in a very detailed way. Uh, kind of way the movie was 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 amazing was good but you know in a movie you only get so much time to to tell a story um and selena had so much so many details that needed to be told um and i think that that was you know that was one of the cool things about it was that we, we were able to to really shed light on so many things that you know not everyone knew and and in this day and age you know all we do is watch tv shows we're, we're binging everything right so um it's just fitting, you know, her, her, her life story, their life story is fitting for a show and the timing of it, it was great. And I think that, uh, you know, you can just see the impact of that now. I know that if I had a project on Netflix, and I always love seeing this on social media from actors, whenever it hits the trending part of Netflix, especially number one, like we had Eric Andre on the show. And when Bad Trip hit number one, he's like, we're number one on Netflix. <laughs> were you watching the trending and be honest when it oh, first yeah. came out? Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, it was funny. The first one, the first season dropped. Like I knew, I knew people were going to watch it because obviously it's Lena. We're all going to watch it. But once then we started hitting these number one charts, like, you know, in different countries, different parts of the world. Like I was like, oh, OK, this is this is Selena. Like this is the the impact of Selena right here. So um it was, it was pretty, it was crazy when I started to see those numbers. What do you do? I know I'd be partying like an animal. What do you do when you hit number one? <laughs> you celebrate, man. You got to, you know, you jump up and down and, and definitely have a toast. You got to have a drink to, you know, a little champagne, a little wine or something. Cause it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's, that's very difficult, you know? And, and um, so it's definitely a, an occasion to celebrate. Walk me through the casting process. I'm always fascinated. They've got to be so diligent when they're casting a project like this because whoever the producers are, they know this is going to be criticized from every angle. So walk me from beginning to when you're on set. What is that casting process like? What are the surprises? 
when do you think you're getting the role? When do you know you're getting the role? Um, for me, it was interesting because I had heard about Selena, the project, like about a year before they came back, like we came back and started having the conversations again. So I heard Netflix was doing it, but I didn't, or no, actually, I just heard that they were going to do a Selena, the show. Um, and I was like, man, that's cool. You know, that, that's awesome. But I didn't know what the details were. So, you know, later down the line, uh, my team hits me up and like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. This is Selena. You know, they're interested. They want to see you. Like, you know, what do we do? At first, I was like, damn, like, this needs to be done right. Like, we got to make sure this is done right because we're talking Selena. Like, we need to make sure, like, this needs to be, uh, we need to do this the right way. Um, so then we started getting more details and, and you know, then Netflix, you know, Netflix was involved and I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. Um, and I was excited, you know, I was, I was excited just knowing that there was going to do a show. And then now, now that producers were interested and they wanted to see me, I was like, man, let's, let's, let's do it, you know? So I went in the room, I had a, had a, uh, an audition with uh, Rico um, and, you know, we, we hit it off. We, we hit it off. And, and Rico is one of, uh, one of our executive producers from Campanario. Um, and we hit it off. It was cool. Everything was great. And it was actually pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. It was pretty quick, you know, um, which I thought was crazy because I found out later that AB, you know, they're, they're watching all tapes. They're seeing everybody. So, and he, he handpicked me and I was like, oh, like that, that like, it's already enough pressure. And it's like, oh man, not, not, now I really got to, you know, <laughs> you're like, I can't screw this up. I can't mess this one up. So, um, you know, and then that was pretty much it. We went through that. And then I think about a couple months after that, I actually got, I was one of the lucky ones to see Selena uh, Christian audition in the room. And she just, she was amazing in there. Um, and then we finally got to uh, Baja Studios and, and that's when things, you know, it just really started to become like, okay, this is, this is going down, this is happening. We started, we started rehearsals right away. They, you know, they brought the bass over. Um, and then, uh, which was crazy to me because I never played an instrument in my entire life. So just holding the bass was, I didn't even know how to hold it properly. So <laughs> which, by the way, I'm not, I can't play a damn instrument either, but everyone says the hardest instrument to learn is the bass. So how do you even begin to fake it? Because you know, they're going to watch every oh, yeah. bass player on the planet's going to okay. be like Gabe socks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, what, once I understood what, what the movements were, because, you know, that's the most important thing. You can't just, you, it, you can clearly tell when you're not playing it properly, first of all. Um, and then the notes and stuff, that that was already a challenge and that's a whole nother thing. So, but you start to get it and you just start to, you really just start to groove and just, you know, cause it's it's just very different cause you, we're acting, we're performing, we're, we're, we're playing, we're, you know, we're, we're rehearsing. I mean, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're still, we're still in the scenes. Like, so there's a lot going on as, as, as we still got to make it look real. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a lot, but we had a lot of rehearsals and it, it was uh, the, the team just behind it were, were, were all amazing. And, and I just, I hope that AB is, is, uh, <laughs> is proud, <laughs> which he is. I've spoken to him a lot and he, and he really is. So that, that, that's good to, good to know. You weren't self-conscious. I mean, I, I forget what actor was talking about this and it was like an Oscar winner. It might be like, I, I forget who it was. It might be um, Joaquin Phoenix, but don't quote me, where he said he was so self-conscious playing an instrument that it completely oh, yeah. took him out of his acting rhythm. Oh, so, yeah. What's that it like? How do you maintain out of the muscles fire in the brain to make sure everything's working? You, you better figure it out because you're not about to, you're not going to ruin the, 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 the tape because, <laughs> because you're out of it. No, you got to be, you know, there, there's, it's, it's just a thing, especially, you know, I wish we would have had more time because it's just, it's just such a, it's not an easy instrument to play, let alone play it like the way AB played it, which is, he's a musical genius. So he just made it look, makes it look flawlessly. Um, but, you know, it, it happens. It does happen where it's like, oh, dang, you know, especially when the camera's like really there and you're like, you cut, you, you become aware of it. Like, damn, let me make sure I hit my thing, you know, hitting it right. You know, this is the part where, uh-uh, like, you just gotta, you know. <laughs> and are you, do are you like, it. managing the facial expressions and everything? Oh, yeah. this, this would totally freak me the F out. <laughs> no, we, we had those moments of, like, well, I know for sure I did. It's like, like, you know, damn, you know, I know, I wish I would get that one back. You know, but well, we're moving on, we're going to the next scene. So, you know, it, 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 it but it was still fun. It was, all, it was always fun. Dude, you're one of 11 children. 
Yeah. Let walk me, walk me through that. <laughs> um, where do I start, man? I'm, 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 I'm one of, I'm the third to the last. Uh, and you know, I have a big family. It's beautiful growing up with, with that amount of siblings. Like, you know, it, it was that growing up was, was, was like beautiful and it was fun. It was always fun. Cause we always had things going on at home. Like we were never bored, you know, it was always something going on, but now I think now it's even, it's even crazier now because now we have, you know, my brothers are all having kids. I'm about to have my first kid. Like we, right now we have 20 nieces and nephews. So you, the house is just, it's just a mess. It's just a mess when the, when the, when the entire family is over. So wait a minute, when Selena debuts, is it like what we see at the NFL draft when they're waiting to get picked? <laughs> are, are, are all the families lined up watching episode one? <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are. Like, no, we look, we've done it for like, um, we did, I don't know if we saw, if we saw the, the first season together. I can't remember. I'm not sure we did, but we, we've seen like, we, we've gone to the theaters to see some of the stuff I've done in film. Um, and we, we like literally got like the whole section just for us because it's just too many of us, you know, it's just way too many. How many times a day do you get that you look like Oscar De La Hoya? <laughs> you think I look like Oscar? That's I think great. you look just like Oscar. <laughs> actually, I'm glad you said that because maybe maybe we could we could do a little bio of Oscar. You know, maybe actually, I need I need five minutes. I'm gonna email like a producer right now and be like, <laughs> I have the Oscar De La Hoya biopic on lockdown right now. <laughs> well, let's make it happen. Let's do it. I'm down. I would love to do boxing films. So that'd be cool. I mean, I'm a huge boxing nut, so. Nice. Yeah, when you look at like someone like De La Hoya, is that like would you just jump right into that like sight unseen? I think so. Yeah, because simply because I'm also a big sports fan. Like I love sports. I love boxing. I love UFC. Like I would I would do it in a heartbeat for sure. So let's talk a little bit about just the explosion of the show. So Netflix is unlike any other entity because it's international. It's global. So if it airs on NBC, the NBC has its kind of, you know, bubble of an audience. Netflix, everybody watches around the world. So when a show hits number one, you're being seen by millions upon millions upon tens of millions of people. Do you start getting recognized on the street? Do other roles start happening? How does something like that change your life? Uh, you know, well, I haven't been out much, <laughs> um, but now that things are like kind of, you know, getting better, especially here in LA. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm crazy or, but people stare at me, but they don't, but I, I well, cause in the show, I don't have a beard and I, this is me, this is Gabe, you know, outside of work, unless I got to grow it for something, but they just, they, I kind of get a look like it's like, as if like, I feel like I know that guy or I've seen that guy somewhere. I get that a lot. Um, but definitely like, like on social media is crazy. Like, the fans, the followers, like, you know, that's just, it, it changes for sure. Like, um, and the fan mail, the messages are just, you know, they're a little overwhelming, but you can't keep up with that stuff at all. Cause it's just too much, but, um, but it is cool. It's, it's definitely a different experience. I would say for sure from anything else. I'm so fascinated. Anytime I hear about social media or fan mail, I know that it can get pretty, I'm looking for the right word crazy. Yeah. So what have been some of the, the more out there reach outs that you've experienced? <laughs> man, it's, it's, there's just so many, man. Like, and, you know, I, I don't even know if some of them are actual people or just people just making up fake accounts to just say dumb shit or ask for dumb things. Like, sorry, but like, it's just. No, no, no. I love this. Have fun just, with it. It's just some wild stuff, man. Like, they'll just ask for the most randomest things. Like, I can't, I, I. I remember one person, I don't know who the hell this was, wanted pictures of my feet, like, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, like first of all, what, what, what makes you think, you know, like you're going to get a picture of that, like, and that's just, that's just wild. Like, so just crazy things like that, man, like that you would never expect. It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. We had Paige Van Zant on the show and she's mm -hmm. got an enormous fan base and yeah. she had like a whole group devoted to her feet that she would get hit up for feet. And it was like the feet fetish group of Paige Van Zandt. She and should be charging for that. <laughs> she should be making some money for that. <laughs> There's got to be websites for that. I'm ready to go sell pictures of your feet right now. I'm finding the websites. You, Paige, 
let's start a business like our version of cameo <laughs> no it's wow that's crazy like but you see i'm not surprised like you know it's just crazy it's just some people just got like different things i guess here's the million dollar question what amount of money gets you to take the picture of your feet oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> it's probably already out there anyway on some that's probably why they asked for it because they've seen it on, on a project or something it's just like I, i'm looking at my feet i'm like man i got like my, i feel like my feet are jacked up i play soccer so you know i've gotten hit down there so many times stepped on so it's like i guess I mean, you're a better man than I am. If someone's asking for feet pictures, I'm writing back dollar signs, question mark. <laughs> asking for account numbers. <laughs> A-C-H or wire, baby. Tell me. You know what you need. <laughs> oh, you, I didn't realize you're a big soccer fan. What did you think of this whole Super League that they almost started? Oh, man. I Listen, I didn't get to read the details on what was going on, but I saw here and there some stuff. I thought it was great. I don't. I thought it was great because, obviously, because of the time that we're in, right, you know, with the pandemic and everything. Um, but I thought it's a good idea. Like, I just think that's a great idea because it's the best of the best, but this time in a league format, you know? Which is that how, that's how it was, right? It was a league format. Yeah, so it took me a while. So when I first heard it, I agreed with you 100%. I'm like, why would we not want to see like the eight best teams on the planet, most popular teams, essentially face off against each other? But then as I learned more, and then James Corden had a very impassioned speech around it, mm. I guess the other smaller teams really depend on revenue from playing the larger teams. So if you took them and put them into another league, it could fold other teams who depend on playing those teams. So it would put a lot of people's um, livelihoods at stake. And once I kind of heard that, I got it. It's like, you know, it's great to have the Lakers and the Yankees, but I guess, you know, the, the Sacramento Kings don't exist if the Lakers aren't playing them, but you know, yeah. it's, but once I understood that, but I agreed with you when I first heard it, I'm like, Let's go. I don't even like soccer and I'll watch this. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's, I get that. Like it, 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 on a business standpoint, like that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but were they going to just defect from their league and just stay in this league? Is that what? Yeah, it was going to be a whole new league. Oh yeah. I don't know about that. Like, like, cause we already have the tournament, which is the champions league, which is essentially the same thing. But now if this is a league, yeah, I don't know about that part. That's that's difficult. That's a difficult. Let's talk about UFC. Who do you like? And then I'm going to ask you because I'm a big UFC nut. Who nice. do you like right now? Uh, you know, Usman has been he's he's been very surprising for sure. Like, um, he's shown that he's not one to mess with. You know, his respect. He's got. I I feel like he's got the respect of the entire UFC and everybody. And that you know. Um, so I like Usman right now. I like what he's doing. You know, with Connor, I would love to see Connor back at the top, but you know, you really don't know with Connor these days. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe this loss against Dustin was probably like you know, it, from from that fight, he looked like he was dominating, but it just went downhill pretty fast. Um, yes, he hadn't fought in a while, which it is. It, it can be a factor, but. You know, Connor's Connor's just like, man, we're expecting fireworks every fight you come out to, you know. So, um, so I don't know. I, you know, I think Connor, I think he's gonna bounce back for sure. I think he's gonna come back and 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 be at the top uh, of the UFC again. Um, and there's a fight coming up. I don't know if it's this weekend, but it's it's Michael Chandler versus um, I forget the Brazilian guy's name. Uh, I forget his name, but he's he's really good. Um, so that's a fight that I'm looking forward to, to watching, but. The UFC is, is they got some good stuff going on right now, man. And, and um, it's exciting. It's really exciting. On the other end, what do you think about what we're seeing with Jake Paul and Logan Paul? Listen, as a, as a, as a boxing fan, I don't like it, but I'm okay with it because it's not boxing. It's entertainment. So if they asked me to fight, I would, I'd be so down to go fight. Like I'm going to go like, you know, and, but it's just weird because like, well, I guess I would say it's weird because Mayweather's fighting and, you know, Mayweather's is Mayweather. Like, but again, and I, I saw him do, he spoke to, he had an interview or something, but he was, he was explaining how like it's an exhibition, which is true. Like it's, 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 it's not really a competition. It's just more, um, 
you know, and, and he's he's obviously doing. There's so many uh, money factors into this, which is great, also. But I I like it. Like I like it. You know, I definitely like it. What I don't want to see is guys right now at the top in their sport crossing over to do that. Then it's like, what is this? Like you know. But I like it. I I think it's cool. I think what Jake and those guys are doing is 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 crazy, man. They 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 got a niche on something right now, and and it's it's fun to watch. Uh, you've been a pleasure, man. Congrats on season two of Selena. Um, awesome stuff. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm going to be 43 in a week. And I remember real life Selena and obviously the impact she had. And obviously we've seen artists since then carry on that legacy. And she helped explode that whole market, just the whole Latin X market. And it's exciting. And to see her name, her legacy carry on is pretty incredible. So congrats, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, folks, make sure to check out Selena the Series on Netflix. That was a wonderful chat with Gabe Shavaria. Again, a guy to keep your eyes on. This guy's a rising star, and I can't wait to see his next project. He's going to be a big star in Hollywood. All right, folks, that's it for episode 68 of Bro Bible's Endless Hustle. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and watching and supporting we're just going to keep going. We have some incredible upcoming guests, movie stars, sports stars, reality stars, entrepreneurs. The list just never stops. As always, subscribe, rate, support. On social media, on Twitter, we are at Endless Double Underscore Hustle. On Instagram, at Endless Hustle Pod. I am at It's Me, Arthur Cade on Instagram and on Twitter, at Arthur Cade. We'll see you back next Tuesday with another loaded episode. Enjoy your weekend, Endless Hustlers, and thank you as always for listening and watching. It's a pleasure to do this, and we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Thanks as always, guys. Have a great weekend. Later.